Boxcats. Boxcats. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 74. Put it in your pants, do a little dance. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hello. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Now, first and foremost, apologies. We all have something to apologise about to start this episode with. I have to apologise to Lost. I was very disparaging of Lost last week and... The most recent episode was fantastic. So, Lost, that's, I apologise. That's the most recent in the US, not in the, the US. first episode. Not the first episode here, here in but Melbourne yep. last week. No, but this is uh, episode correct. episode eight of this current season of Lost was is fantastic. superb. Fantastic. Just great writing. I, I have to apologise for my existence. What? 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 What am I apologising for, Ross? Tom Berlinson. Ah, oh, yes! <laughs> yes! I am so sorry! I'm so sorry, Tom Berlinson. I I had uh, the the uh, the right concept, but the wrong man entirely. In, in fact, as I was watching uh, a bit of Sunday night television, I went, "That's not the guy I thought it was." <laughs> I thought he had a moustache and was bigger. Anyway, like, so the guy I'm thinking of, Andrew uh, Clark. Yes, Andrew Clark, who Victoria Tennant uh, left Steve Martin for. Who mm. at one point was uh, under consideration to be a Bond. R- really? Mm. But a, a fatter, mustachioed Bond. I think that was just off the back of his, his uh, stint on Sons and Daughters. Right. And clearly his uh, impact on the ladies, if Steve Martin's wife is anything to go by. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he can have her. And Brett? I'm not sure why I need to apologise. Oh, you know that thing. You know what it is. <laughs> We're all doing it. You can apologise about something. I'm very, very sorry. Good. And I, I hope that I hope why? that you just. You know what? In future, just don't touch it at the table. That's all I'm saying. Hey, she asked me to touch. It. Uh, no, let's stop it there. Anyway, box huge, cutters. Huge show this Massive week. Massive show. Hopefully, less apologies needed less next week and less factual errors. <laughs> but, but not likely. That wouldn't be box cutters, Ross. That just would not be box cutters. Uh, we have James Talia is going to be calling in uh, shortly after the news. Fantastic. To tell us all about something. He's got news. I don't hopefully know what it is. Hopefully he's not going into too many tunnels this time. It's, uh, yeah, I don't uh, really... I don't live in hope of that. <laughs> as I think I think we're lucky enough to have James as a European correspondent. We take him anywhere we can get him. That's true. That's uh, true. We also got some talk about ratings. Again, uh, it's really heating up the ratings. First official week of ratings has passed. Yeah. So lots of lots of stuff to talk about. It's huge. And I've got some uh, some some ratings notes of interest oh. as well to, to cover. So that's Hopefully going to be good. If not, you just fast forward past that bit. Uh, we've uh, got a little discussion on Raywatch. Don't tell them they can do that. Oh, shit. No, <laughs> sorry. go through the whole show. Don't. They're not going to know until they listen to it and That's waste true. their and time then, anyway. They go, oh, I should have fast forwarded it's through for those that. Dedicated, <laughs> for those dedicated people listening two or three times. <laughs> uh, I'm, also, I'm going to talk also about uh, some uh, Sunday night viewing that I saw on Sunday night. So, a little bit of a review. We're going to finish it off with pork. And as always, kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. 
In hopeful news for the Australian local drama scene, Sandra Levy, who is the former head of Channel 9 and the ABC's drama departments, has joined Andrew Denton's Zapruder's Other Films production company. Uh, they are launching a drama production division, uh, so, so obviously they produce uh, Enough Rope and they also produce uh, David Tench Tonight. And so this is going to be a, a, a series on A Day in the Life of David Tench? Uh, no, no, it'll. Uh, I believe it'll quite uh, avoid the David Tench uh, persona. Um, we, we have to also Sandra Levy left Channel Nine not that shortly after joining Channel Nine, March of last year, under uh, with the rumours that she wanted to go back and head uh, ABC Television. Right, and uh, but she didn't. <laughs> She didn't. She left no, Channel she Nine didn't. and then uh, has been wandering this around is the, the first ether. We've heard from her uh, since since then. Um, she, in fact, it might have been no to run the ABC. She, she word was that she wanted to run the entire ABC uh, as head of television. Uh, she commissioned Catherine Kim, The Glasshouse, and Catalyst, and earlier as head of drama at the ABC. Uh, she commissioned stuff including GP, True hang Believers, on. and Come in Spinner. Hang on, because we we. Uh we we had an issue with this at the time when Sandra Levy uh, went to Channel 9 or, or was kicked off Channel 9 or whatever it was that happened. Uh, we, we took issue with her taking credit for Kath and Kim and also The Glass House because she, didn't she pretty much come in at the end of that deal? And so it, uh, it, it really just happened to be her who was in charge when it all started. That was... Uh, that that's going to be next week's apology. Well, <laughs> I, I think that given that she was head at that point, she was the one that was signing on the dotted line to actually do the commissioning to give it the green light. So so it didn't necessarily make that much difference what all the work in the deal had been up until that point. She still said yes. Uh, you're such an apo- apologist for leaving. Hey, I, I've never even met her. Why would I apologise for her? I don't know. That's my question for you. Why would you apologise for her? Haha, uh-huh, take that. I wouldn't. While we're, while we're vaguely talking about things ABC, uh, ABC have a new drama on the slate called Rain Shadow with uh, Rachel Ward. As, not being produced by Zap Prudis, other films? Uh, not, not, no, Southern Star. Okay. Uh, Rachel Ward's going to be uh, starring in that and uh, they're hoping that they, c- they can use that to rebuild their drama reputation. It's going to be a six-parter set in... Any guesses? Any guesses? Your place. Your house. No. Dan- ABC. Dandenong. ABC. Riffin drama. Rippenly. No. <laughs> in the mountains. Yeah, rural. Oberon. Rural Australia. Rural Australia. Oh, so it's, an, it's, it's a farmer it's drama. A, Ross, hang on. I've got to explain something to Ross. Where, where a, a show is shot... Yes, and uh, and like where the studios are. Yes, that's not where it's set necessarily. Oh. That's oh. Uh, that's just where, what they're using to to film it. But it might actually it's where the magic the, of television where the story oh. where the story is set. So Neighbours isn't set in Nunawading. No, 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 no. It's just filmed in Nunawading. Right, but it's set in Mount Waverley. Oh. <laughs> no, I think it's the worlds apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's set in Erinsborough, which is a make believe. See, fiction on television. <laughs> Which is a make-believe not a wadding. It's a make-believe not a wadding. There's no Wobby's world the, the, the in The magic of television. <laughs> make-believe not a wadding. 
so that's uh, it's going to be shot in. See, this is, it's going to be shot uh, in uh, Mount Barker, South Australia. And so wait, wait, wait! It's going to be shot in rural Victoria, so there's no difference. No, no, in, South in, Australia. South sorry, South sorry, in rural Australia, so there's no difference between where it's being shot and where it's being set. Sure. <laughs> well, uh, it's sea change was shot partly in Bowen Heads for all the bridge uh, shots, and St Leonard's, I think, which is further up the coast uh, for the courtyard shots. This is uh, just for the externals, though. Can I say this? This is really once you go inside, they just build it wherever they want it. I, I think they're. I think the ABC are fishing in an overfished area. Uh, it's going to be. It's a rural drama set in a rural community community racked with drought and the efforts of the district vet, Kate McDonald, played by Rachel Ward. Uh, a country practice. Sure. Um, the last. The last country thing that I can think of was uh, something in the air, set around a, a small commercial radio station out in the country somewhere. Sea change out in the country, people trying to hold it together, problems. What? Sea change has changed Australian societies. We know it. SBS's remote area nurse. That's Uh, SBS. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that that ABC themselves have overfished this area. I'm saying that Australian drama has overfished this area. I think that it uh, it well befits its charter because the ABC is so dominant uh, in those rural areas uh, as a standalone uh, media body that uh, people are actually consuming. So I think that it's actually important to the people of the country of this country. You're not nearly cynical. <laughs> you're not nearly cynical. You're not nearly cynical enough today, Brett. See. I- the old Brett. It's, it's, it's important to the country people of this country. <laughs> uh, I didn't the, say- the listeners, the listeners are reaching for that fast forward switch as we speak. <laughs> you know, I realised that as I was saying it. And I didn't say that it was nothing you can do, no, once you, yeah. No. I didn't say that it was making more sense than because <laughs> the old Brett, the Brett that I knew, would go, "Oh, that's just ridiculous. They're just doing a rural drama because they know that's all that's going to sell overseas, well, and sweet- that's that's the only way that." Uh, that the ABC could make any money out of it and blah, 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 blah. Now here you are going, oh, well, good on the ABC for doing another thing that I'm not going to watch. Well, Sea Change was brilliant. What what has been, what has matched up to that in Australian drama since then? The real Sea Change. Yeah, that was fantastic. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> lifestyle programming. It wasn't drama. Remember that McLeod's... You, you clearly didn't watch it. It was dramatic. Remember that McLeod's Seeing, daughter's uh, episode? John Howard walking down the beach in shorts. That was drama for that, you. That Not was, that John Howard, though. <laughs> that was actually pretty frightening. But remember that McLeod's daughter's episode where they discovered another daughter? Uh, yeah, that, any of the dozen of those episodes. That was way better than anything Sea Change ever did. <laughs> way um, better. And, and, I mean, even though it was kind Speaking of, of out of, out of uh, <laughs> the spotlight a little bit hey, as far as ratings times went, Something in the Air was actually a really well-produced show. You know, but I, I still want to see a show that's set in a city like Sydney or Melbourne. And Melbourne, as we all know, was founded by John Batman. Interestingly enough, I Brett, you have a story about that. <laughs> I do. If you're a fan of uh, Adam West and uh, his sidekick, Bert Ward, then you will fondly remember the Batmobile of uh, that the 1960s TV series of Batman. Well, which... which- John Batman used to drive around Melbourne quite a lot. Saying, this is the place for a village. <laughs> this is the place for a village. 
<laughs> if you do remember it fondly and you've got a, a lazy 75,000 quid, then you can take this opportunity to buy it for yourself on February 27 as it goes uh, under the auctioneer's hammer at Coy's Spring Classics in uh, England. Does, does it actually run? Could Can you drive it around town? Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you can. It's got an engine in it and stuff. Yeah, really? I, I think that they actually drive it in the series. Um, it's one yeah. of... <laughs> the series was a long time ago. Can you, if, if I bought it, could I drive it around town? If you fixed it up. If you f- but where are you oh. going to park it? Well, I've been working on having the rocks that fold down when I press the button <laughs> as I drive in. Outside the back cave, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, it did look like it was uh, functional from the photo that I saw. Uh, it's a black open-top car, uh, dates from around 66, has bat-like wings, bright red lines, twin We know canopies. what it looks like, Brett. You don't have to describe it. You're not the auctioneer. And, and a bat phone that gets you directly to the mayor of uh, Gotham City. Uh, I think you'll find that's Commissioner Gordon. It was actually uh, one of the six... The mayor of Gotham City. One of six uh, vehicles that was produced at the time that they sent around the country for uh, promotional reasons. So not necessarily the actual one that was used on the show. Not necessarily. Unlike, unlike when we discovered that the original boat from Gilligan's Island was being sold months and months and months ago. That can't have been sold. It's smashed on the rocks. Yeah, you can s- sell the wreckage of it or something. Anyway, God, this is the worst news segment. Anyway. So, so, yes, they <laughs> were driving around the country. No, we're moving so, off. So we're, no, Brett, Brett, we're done. <laughs> we're done with the Batmobile. We're done. Community... Te- that's it. No more. I was saying nothing. That's, uh, that was Ross's uh, laugh. <laughs> community television might uh, be saved by the government. Mm-hmm. Huh? A Senate uh, committee has been looking into the fate of community TV. Channel 31 here in Melbourne have actually been running a campaign. Don't go digital until we do. Well, the, uh, the committee, committee has recommended... A number of things to help community television go digital, uh, including just telling the government to just change the spectrum to digital and uh, give community television $6 million to help with the changeover to digital and also uh, continually give them $1.7 million per year to uh, just fund the, the community television sector. Overall, which is Channel 31 countrywide, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Um, there was some talk, because there are, there are hearings in the Senate Estimates Committee or whatever, and Coonan and Conroy have been headbutting each other. Um, and now I can't think what I was going to say. The, there's a proposal. You got a mental picture a proposal, of them headbutting <laughs> each other, didn't you? Did. And then you were lost. <laughs> there's a proposal that uh, whoever the new licensee that uh, takes the A channel, I think they're calling it, that, so the, yes. the digital-only channel, which can't be one of the existing media owners, um, make it a requirement that the, the community TV signal goes out with that uh, part of the spectrum. Mm. Which, which I think is a, a fantastic compromise. Uh, although the existing networks who already have their digital signals and are not using their digital signals to full capacity really could be sending out Channel 31 on, on those as, as well. I don't see why they shouldn't be forced to, to help out in some areas as well, especially considering that, uh, say, Channel 9 might have uh, a wider re- reach than Channel A will have. 
but still, I think it's it's very positive that the Senate committee has come and said this. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, whether or not uh, a lot of these things are going to come into play, who the hell knows? Well, at least they're they're talking about it. Uh, you know, there's talking about community TV and community radio uh, as as the media goes digital. Uh, there's been a bit of fear that the the whole sector will just be forgotten about, um, especially in radio because of the way that the multiplexes work and and the number of commercial stations that we have kind of fitting neatly into the number of streams that can go out from each transmitter. I think that when uh, when community television does go digital, it will find itself with a lot more viewers than it previously had because the the, the signal is going to be so much stronger. Yep. So unfortunately, um, the content will still be much the same. Has some good content. And <laughs> so, Rove came from I, Channel I, I, here. I, I couldn't resist. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of most of the content. And, and fair enough too, because most of it is, <laughs> is pretty crap. Although I, I, just, have... I, I was reading a forum and that was talking about this, and there was some just idiotic morons saying oh, everything on community TV is crap and it doesn't make money and, it should, and the spectrum should be valued properly at, mm. at what it takes, which, you know, takes into consideration none of the social aspects that community yep. broadcasting is all about. Yep. Do you guys watch much of 31? Uh, no, I don't really. Uh, I, I think we get a, a vague signal on mm. uh, on my Fred Aware, but because most of the time I'm using Foxtel to change the channel, it's yep. not rebroadcast on Foxtel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. Although Foxtel does have Aurora, which is hard yep. to say, uh, which is kind of a, a best of all the all the community stations, and no, I don't watch that. I watch more than I did, uh, because mm. when I was in the other part of Richmond, I had almost no Channel 31 signal, but yeah. now it's crystal clear. And, and I'll be uh, tuning in every week for our chart bus and 80s once they're back. Yeah, it is disappointing that it is so hard to get, isn't it? We mm. we get intermittently get some or no reception of it, so I think I would watch more of it if I could, could yeah. get more of it. That having been said, often when you turn over, it seems to be people singing and with their arms around each other dancing in some sort of ethnic tune that I haven't heard. There, there does seem to be that. Lastly, in the news... Hey! Well, we really have to finish this bloody news segment. <laughs> okay, uh, good, news for, uh, good news for reality improvised uh, TV viewers. Georgie Parker has had a role created for her in a scripted uh, drama. Uh, pilots for the programs being shot in the coming months. It's called The Falls and Channel 10 are uh, producing it. It's an epic drama series based in the Blue Mountains a, an west epic, of Sydney. An epic drama series about a woman who tries to put on a music festival in Lawn. Yes. Uh, uh, Lost is losing, hemorrhaging viewers. <laughs> quick, quick, all the news that I have. Quick, spin it out. Spin it out. Well, you said quickly in news. Lost no, I is lastly in news. <laughs> Lost is hemorrhaging viewers in the US. Uh, maybe after episode eight, it'll be a little bit better. Matthew Fox, who plays Jack's. Jack says, uh, good riddance. Those people are copping out. <laughs> he really doesn't care. <laughs> Oh, we've lost Josh. Well, that's okay. I'll be able to fill <laughs> all my news. Um, media suggests that Lost is losing viewers because fans are growing tired of the plethora of unresolved mysteries. Speaking of uh, <laughs> shows. And that is the Box Cutters News. <laughs> and now, all the way from London... Our European correspondent, James Talia. How are you, James? I'm good, Josh. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm psyched. 
Now, James, we don't have much uh, we don't have much content for tonight's show. Can, so, can you fill for an hour? <laughs> an hour, you think? Well, I've got to break it to you. Here's the thing: believe I'm on a train again. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. I can tell you that this train hasn't yet pulled out of uh, London. Uh, it's going to do so in about five minutes. But for as long as we're close. And then the mobile service should hold up. <laughs> where, <laughs> are you off, anyway. where are you off to this time? Can't tell you. Oh, really? Yeah. Is yeah, a secret mission. It might come off. It might not. Wow. Is it another Carlton footballer? Oh, how did you know? Yeah, they're everywhere <laughs> and they're punching on. <laughs> they're mad for punching well, it's on. It's not as though they're going to be needed on the field this year. Carlton's barely going to make it. To, uh, to field the team. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Carlton actually uh, is. You know, so let's talk about footy for a bit. Sure. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. Sorry. Y- you know how y- you have to actually qualify to get into the finals. Yeah. I, I don't think Carlton's going to qualify to get into the season. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's that's what it looks like, even from this distance. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's which, you know. which, which is really great for those of us who hate Carlton. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Shut up. Now, Jim, what is going on over there with your job? The the Nine London Bureau has closed, apparently, but yet you're still there. Well, look, I know there's been a lot of speculation about this for a couple of months, and uh, and I can finally talk about it, so I thought I'd clear it up for you guys. Okay, no uh, sugarcoating. First of all, I have to say, and this is the most important, that I'm still here as Nine's correspondent which means that Nine is still the only Australian commercial network which has a in Europe, a news presence. So we should get that on the table. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, the Nine here has closed, the Bureau has closed, and uh, a couple of the staff have been made redundant. Um, and I am now going to be working from a desk in the Sky newsroom. That's the B-Sky newsroom, obviously. They have uh, amazing facilities, and I'm going to be availing myself of those facilities. Oh, that's that's pretty good. That's, so then you, you get to use their cameraman and, and their editing equipment and everything like that? Well, that's right, exactly. I'll be using their facilities wherever possible. Um, if it uh, comes to the point where... Um, we need to go something to, to go and shoot something which is specifically Australian. Then I'll be uh, I'll be using the, the great pool of uh, Australian freelance cameramen here in London to, to give me a hand. So on air, it should I'm hoping uh, look like business as usual. Okay. So does that mean you're doing uh, reports for Sky as well? Sorry, say that again, Ross. Uh, that was that was actually Brett. He was just asking <laughs> Sorry, if Brett. <laughs> I've just got the uh, just got the. Uh, you- Train guy here. He's on the uh, on the intercom telling us where we're going. We didn't already know. <laughs> Sorry, can you repeat that question, Brett? James, does that mean that uh, you're actually going to be doing reports for Sky as well? Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Obviously, they have their own pool of reporters here, and uh, you know, I never would have done reports for Sky even when I was based in in, in my own office here. So, no, there's not going to be that much crossing over, yeah. and it would probably be a fairly rare occasion when where when we've shot something which they haven't shot, which is of interest to them. But obviously, we have that affiliation with them now. So, if there's any, ever any time we can give them a hand, we will. That's, can you get that uh, guy to, to just honk his horn a little bit longer? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. I feel like I'm on a train now. Can I say that, James? You must be really pleased about that because a, a few weeks ago it really looked like you were going to be filing stories from the floor of your apartment and, and sending through paper edits of, uh, uh, look, you know, a la Race yeah, Around I, the World. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's right. I was, I was a little concerned they were going to throw me a handy cam and say, off you go, do your work. Um, <laughs> So it, it hasn't quite come to that. Look, I, I think it's a really good compromise. I, everyone knows um, 
to use one of those what's become a cliche phrase, I mean, cost pressures being experienced by nine. Um, and it would have been really easy for the News and Current Affairs Division to just say, well, you know what, it's all too expensive, it's paid for in pounds, we'll just shut down the whole lot, we're not going to have a presence in Europe anymore. Mm-hmm. And they haven't. And uh, the news bosses have fought hard to maintain a presence, whether it's me or whoever comes after me, and, and I think that's really admirable. There, there are still going to be stories here which need to be told with an Australian spin in the Australian context. And as I said, we're still the only commercial network um, which has a presence here. Seven closed their bureau here uh, three years ago, thereabouts. And um, while it is a cut-down operation, I'm still going to be going strong. And uh, so how much, st- how many staff have, uh, have been sacked from the London Bureau? Like, how many were there to start with? There were four of us all together, um, and uh, the cameraman left here. His time was up in mid-December, so he went back to Sydney anyway and, and simply wasn't replaced. And uh, there was also a producer and an operations manager. Now, um, unfortunately, as you say, they have been laid off, but uh, they're already out and about looking for other work. It's a pretty big market here in London, and uh, in the end, I'm, I'm hoping they won't have too much trouble but but they've also been looked after by the network in terms of redundancy packages it's all been done and handled um pretty well out of sydney i have to say so you're uh, you're also producing all your own stories now completely yeah that's right that's right a bit I mean, more uh, a little a, bit more work for me but um a bit more like working at win back in the day well, as you well remember, Ross, from those uh, those trips to country Victoria to come see me, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be doing uh, three packages a day, that's for sure. Um, but, but yeah, there's a, it, it means I'll have a little less assistance in terms of um, tracking stuff down, lining up interviews, that sort of thing. Um, I'll have to be doing a lot more of that for myself. But, you know, that's what a lot of journos do anyway. That's yep. really what it's about. And if you look at the print journos from Australia who are here... Um, uh, filing out of Europe for uh, the Fairfax newspapers and for the New Zealand newspapers, they all work on their own as well. So they're in exactly the same position as I am. They have to chase down their own stuff always. They have to book their own travel and uh, and take care of those kind of details. So it's by no means unheard of. Well, and and also, to, you know, how many producers are there per journalist in uh, say, the Melbourne office or the, or the Sydney Bureau? I mean... Well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right, Josh. It's, it's certainly not one producer per journo. Um, and uh, so, I mean, there's assistance there if you need it on any given day. And there's also a chief of staff um, to help when it comes to having to book travel and do that sort of thing. But, yeah, it's not as though if, if, if even working in Melbourne or Sydney, I would be sitting there, you know, all day long with a producer brainstorming about what this story's going to look like. It just doesn't work that way. Mm. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, that you've you've held on to the job that we all thought was was lost. I mean, it's fantastic news, and it's great to know that someone, some Australian, is still going to be filing stories from from Europe. Uh, I mean, you you mentioned the the Fairfax papers, and uh, it's hard to find any stories filed by Australian journalists in, say, the Age from Europe. They're all from the Guardian. There's a lot from The Guardian. Fairfax does have a correspondent here. James Button has been here for quite some time, but perhaps you'll find more of his copy in the Sydney Morning Herald than The Age. Uh, I guess that's just down to the individual editors, but you're right, it's still nice to have a presence here, although I should stress that the ABC still has a sizable presence here, and, uh, and, and I think always will. They have three correspondents here. Good morning, Mr. Friday. I'm Elton Conrad, and I'll be out for the rest of the team. Hello. 
Yeah, yeah no, we're, uh, we're just trying to find out where you're going. Maybe we can get the scoop on you and, uh, and beat you there. Keep talking over the top of that so that you can't figure it out. Now, uh, James, as, uh, as one of the last... Hey? Um, what happened on Sunday night there with Ugly Betty in 60 Minutes? Oh, we're going to talk about that all in a few minutes, but it was an absolute whitewash. Really? Yep, Channel 7 cream. Yeah, I've, I've never seen 60 Minutes perform so well. <laughs> not, not since that story about the orange people. Now, James... I, I just wanted to ask you quickly before you uh, before you suddenly get cut off from us, uh, as as one of the last reporters or one of the last people working for Channel Nine, has Eddie asked you to come up with any solutions for the hole in programming at seven thirty Monday night? <laughs> I think I'm hardly one of the last people working for Channel Nine, but I could see maybe how you have that impression. Seven thirty um, <laughs> Monday night, uh, isn't that just where Seven's running the Rich List? Yep. Yeah, yes. yes. Yep, and uh, Channel 9's been running the code, but it is bleeding viewers. I, th- I thought it picked up viewers last week, Ross. No, no, way, way, way down, apparently. Oh, really? Apparently so. And, uh, and, the, and New Zealand's offering motorway patrol isn't helping. <laughs> well, they, the motorway patrol in New Zealand... Well, they're a, they're a hotbed of Bronco-style <laughs> chases, aren't they? Hey, if you saw the Asian version of Amazing Race, you'd know exactly how hard-hitting <laughs> that show can be. <laughs> hey, uh, what's, what's going on with TV over there? With TV? Well, as I said to you a little while ago, we're only just starting to get the, the shows from the fall season last year. But I, I finally tracked down Studio 60 and was most disappointed to see that it's not going to be here until June or July. Oh, really? Oh, you, you won't be come, uh, come episode 14. You won't be disappointed <laughs> at all. Now, I, I heard you guys banging the Christ out of Studio 60 last week. I can't tell you how massively disappointed I was to hear that. Well, would you, would you feel a lot happier if I said oh, it all comes back and, uh, and is 100% good at episode 15? And, and then cause, have cause to question your judgment when I finally get around to watching it. And it's crap. <laughs> yeah, so, it's because episode, right. okay. episode 15 was no good either. And James, if you did hear last week's uh, episode, then you would have heard Ross talking about Lost. Uh, he did re- uh, uh, recant his views given uh, his viewing of episode uh, eight. Yeah, I, I did hear that actually, and I was, I was actually going to ask you guys whether there's a language warning on the top of this episode as well, because, you know, I'll just go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can... Uh... That was really impressive. No, well, I, why have you had to recant, Ross? Because the, the, the episode after that was much better. Well, as I said at the start of this episode uh, tonight, the uh, episode eight was just, just far superior. It was back to the lost of old. It's, it, it really is a beautiful episode. Really? Well, that's very pleasant, but I, I was hoping to hear another, another rant. That was, a, that was a really bravura performance, that rant. <laughs> you need more of it. You need to find something else to bag. <laughs> uh, considering I remember two years ago when Lost started, uh, you and Shep getting stuck into, into Lost as being one of the worst shows you'd ever seen. I, ca- I can't yeah. imagine that, that you'd think any episode of Lost would be any good. And I still stand by that. I thought it was a ridiculous premise to start with, and, and how can it not have jumped the shark after about episode three of season one? I mean, really. And as you said last week, where's Gilligan when you need him? Crying out loud. Boy, castaways on an island. Haven't heard that one before. Well, you know, I saw this doesn't have the magical touch of Sherwood Schwartz, but there's... <laughs> well, little does. Little does. <laughs> I know. I know. Where's cousin Oliver when you need him? That's what I want to know. The uh, the, 
I, I want exactly. To... Now we actually we, we, we got cut off when I was asking you about um, sixty minutes with Betty. I think all I heard breaking up was the word whitewash. <laughs> it was it was an absolute shamozzle. Channel seven won easily. Channel nine did okay, but Channel Ten got thumped. Channel Ten got thumped. Channel Ten rated worse than the ABC. And it has been, and it has been pointed out in uh, various articles today that uh, this, this is nothing new to sixty minutes. Uh, this was even uh, going all the way back to Alf, that uh, just trounced sixty minutes way back then. And you know, where's where's that fuzzy little alien these days? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I remember Alf. Well, yeah, exactly. My my response to those who who want who want to have sixty minutes dead and buried after that one night would be, where the hell is Kelly Mole these days? <laughs> There must have been in the twenty years since uh, since sixty minutes finally overcame the comedy company and is still on air. Ian McFadden's done time, <laughs> <laughs> but there must have been uh, a lot of relief around the station, James, uh, with the the regaining of the rights for the CBS content. Uh, well, I actually haven't spoken to anyone about that, Brett. The first I heard of it was on your show last week. <laughs> uh, it's not something I've been I've been involved in. Look, I think the sixty minutes, uh, the CBS content certainly adds value to sixty minutes. But if it hadn't been available, they would have overcome it. They still would have filled their sixty minutes. Twenty two minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, all right. I threw you that one. I, I was actually hoping that if they didn't have the CBS content, they might actually go out there and try to uh, do some good journalism like they uh, used to. But they do that all the time, Josh. Uh, For at least two of the three stories they put to air each week. Well. No, 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 <laughs> they don't. And I, I understand that you have to say that, but uh, but from a from a viewer's perspective, uh, sixty minutes hasn't really. Ha- I mean, and the thing is, it's uh, fr- from my perspective, it, it's kind of the worst bit of sensationalist journalism that Channel Nine has parading as real classy journalism. Have you not seen Today Tonight recently? Well, <laughs> well, this Today Tonight, firstly, isn't on Channel Nine. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and and secondly, this, this is what I mean, parading as classy journalism. I, I, I just find uh, 60 Minutes to, to be uh, kind of intellectually dishonest most of the time. What? So, so you think the shows that are on 30 are more worthy because they're not pretending to be something other than what they are? Uh, no, no, no. I don't, think they're, I don't think they're more worthy at all. I just wouldn't even consider them to be in the class of news. Well, yeah, that's all in the eye of the beholder, I guess. <laughs> I think 60 Minutes still um, still does very good work, and uh, when the big stories happen, they get there, and they do stuff that we don't see in our news bulletins and, and on other outlets on the commercial networks. And, uh, for example, I'll, I'll point you to the, the uh, conflict in the Middle East in the middle of last year. 60 Minutes were right there and got some amazing stuff. Well, but, uh, you just don't see elsewhere, back tr- except for Sunday. Well, see, and this is this is my point. Channel Nine has shown that it can do uh, excellent extended journalist pieces with Sunday. Uh, I haven't watched Sunday in uh, in about a year, pretty much since right, the, the changes came in. Because they're a different audience, aren't they? Yeah, uh, and uh, well, they are. They they are, they are a different audience. But if I'm watching a news show, that's that's what I want. And everything that I'm saying to you is not. Uh, objective in any way. It's it's 100% subjective from what I want from my news coverage. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. But I guess uh, I, I guess the powers that be need to be uh, going for a larger audience than would watch, say, the 7.30 report. So it's all swings and roundabouts, isn't Well, that, that's true. And as as Ross said, I mean, it beat The Biggest Loser, didn't it? Oh, everything beat The Biggest Loser. Which is, which is amazing, because last year nothing could beat The Biggest Loser. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, how many times can you... I mean, that, that kind of... The novelty wears off pretty quickly, doesn't it? I don't know. I still like seeing fat people get on scales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, did I read somewhere that the scales are rigged? They're yes. Real scales. Yes, they are rigged. And I, I tell you, yeah, if you, if you ever did... That's why the viewer numbers have dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever did have scales like that, you'd, you'd take them back and say they were faulty. It takes five minutes to get you a reading and oscillates between the highs and the lows, slowly zeroing in on a number. You'd take those scales back for sure. scales that big and with that kind of readout, where am I going to put it? Where am I going to put it? <laughs> Just going to be there to remind me of the weight I need to lose. <laughs> Forget about it. I would have, I would have really loved to have seen instead of that giant, uh, that that giant set of scales that they have on Biggest Loser, just to have kind of the old style scales with the with the slide weight <laughs> the on it, with the thing spinning around. Yeah, yeah and just a just a doctor whose job it was to uh, to to move those slides and and work out how much these people these people weighed and then if they'd gained weight just shake their head <laughs> white coat stethoscope around neck that's that's television as far as i'm concerned see there it is there it is you hit the nail on the head you should be producing something <laughs> that's what i keep saying james thanks so much for joining us all the way from a train that's all right my pleasure sorry about the, the drop out again halfway Wh- through at least it was only once this time where, where were you going again um you're just out of London. leaving <laughs> London now. Uh, nice try, Ross. <laughs> nice. I, I, I commend that. <laughs> See, I've already been through all of that when I uh, when I had to smuggle Brendan Favola out of London. Remember, <laughs> I had all sorts of radio people in Melbourne asking me where I was and trying questions like that, Ross. You you, you had to smuggle Brendan Favola and Lara Bingle out, didn't you? I've never seen any sign of Lara Bingle, no. <laughs> sure, no. sure. It's amazing that all those people were asking you those questions, James, because we always knew you were with him in Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let me tell you, the man can dance. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, James. We'll speak to you soon. Speak to you guys. Take care. See ya. In the beginning, there was nothing, and God created everything. He made man and beast. One day, man came across a chicken, and he said, I can use this. And thus our rating system was born. It might be convoluted, it might make no sense, but it's the only system we've got, damn it. Ratings. Better than nothing, but only just. I'm so glad ratings is back. Yes, yes. Well, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. I I just love it for the intro. Ross, now, do, you, do you want to give us a, a summary of, uh, of of this week's ratings? Well, we've just finished uh, the first official week back in ratings, mm-hmm. and last year, as listeners will remember, the ratings race was very tight. This year looks like being no different. At the end of the first week, Channel 2 had 16% of the viewers, Channel 10 had 21.6% of the viewers, Channel 9 had 28.9% of the viewers and Channel 7 had 29% of the viewers. So that's that's 0.1 of a percent. That's two skin. That is, that is just amazing. Uh, obviously, yeah, that, that's very close. The big difference is that, uh, as we were talking about with James, Channel 7 launched its huge Sunday lineup uh, on uh, on Sunday night, obviously. So Sunday being the last day of the week of the race? It, it's actually the first day. 
okay. of the week's ratings. Uh, and last night, Channel 7 had uh, 33% of the viewers. Channel 9 had 26 Uh Interestingly, Channel 10 only had 16% and ABC had 18%. Channel 10 came in fourth. Yeah, came in fourth, which I'll be very, very disappointed about. Even, even with the, the grand finale of uh, So You Think You Can Dance. Yes, which, I mean... I'm not sure that anybody was bothering. No, you know what? I think that was Clearly, the if they've gotten that far, they can. Yeah. <laughs> so no one cares anymore. <laughs> I, what's, what's, what I find interesting is that uh, Channel 9 continues to be the network for old people. Mm-hmm. In people over 50, it's still rating uh, 30.1%, mm-hmm. uh, beating out uh, 7 at 27.9 and 10 at 10.1. <gasps> Interesting, 10 comes fourth in uh, in that as well, people over 50. People over 50 don't count. Uh, I, and I'm not saying that from, no, no. from a personal point of view, but from ratings, uh, from... Uh, from a, a money from perspective, revenue point of view, they they don't count. Which to is the, which is why it's interesting when we look at the eighteen to forty nine year old uh, mm-hmm. demographic, which is really the most important demographic now in uh, in, in Australian television. Well, in the US, there when they talk about ratings, that's what they've narrowed it down to. Yeah, not, they don't talk about overall anymore. They they talk about eighteen to forty nine. Uh, and Channel Seven is. Con- Convincingly beating Channel Nine in those because they've yep. got thirty point one percent there yep. uh, versus twenty eight point five. Well, last year, last year Channel Seven got beaten soundly just about every Sunday night. They they won. I, I'm not sure they won any Sunday nights last year. It will. It really was their weak spot. If they were winning Sunday nights, they would have won the ratings last year for sure. This obviously it's early days. I think a lot of people would have sampled Ugly Betty. There's been heaps of hype about it. Grace Anatomy is a proven performer. What about Brian? Did quite well, uh, which is quite a cute show. I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind what about Brian. It, it mm. reminds me of uh, the JJ Abrams we we knew and loved with Felicity, but mm. a, a little bit more mature and uh, a little bit more fun. Okay, okay, yeah. So uh, obviously though the ratings will drop to seven as as we were talking about with James again. Sixty minutes will come back. They were just over a million viewers, one point one million last night. You, you'd think that would go up, and Ugly Betty would go down. Uh, but it's a very solid base for seven to start to start winning the the ratings on. The, also, don't 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 count out uh, that Channel Ten might try some Biggest Loser stunt uh, because well, their, their shows. This is a Australian, disaster for them. This Australian is a complete Idol, disaster. In the past, Australian Idol, Big Brother have both started quite poorly on a Sunday night and then boosted ratings as the season has gone on. Mm-hmm. So that might be the case with Biggest Loser as well. They might. They might have some card up their sleeve. The thing with Biggest Loser, uh, from my perspective, is they didn't do it last year. They didn't have a Sunday night show. It was all on the Monday night. They had the they had the weigh in and the getting rid of somebody all on all on the one big show Monday yeah. night, and that rated really well for them. They they've taken a risk and said, let's have a big Sunday night show, and it's just completely backfired on them. Uh, well, they can always go back to Simpsons repeats. Well, they can and possibly will. I mean, this is... Or maybe it's because they've been doing that for too long and nobody expects anything to actually be screened on Channel 10 on Sundays. Yeah, well, possibly. Or, or maybe people don't care about the weigh-in. People don't care about the weigh-in as much as they care about the eviction. Mm. I'm wondering if people don't like these people as much, if, if it'll take a while for the contestants in Biggest Loser to grow on people. That's possible. They a lot of them are just filthy moles. But also, they've got to get their shit together and not have people just drop out and replace them with strangers yep. partway through. Yep. Yeah, they which ex- has happened this week. They explained that in in this week's episode very poorly. 
She was uh, unhappy and the other one had a medical something. She said, I could lose more weight at home. <laughs> <laughs> just, just by changing the channel from this show. So it, it's, it's, it's been a really interesting start to, to the ratings, I think. Uh, what I found even more interesting, though, was Channel 9's spin. Because, of course, Channel 9, if you look through uh, all demographics and total people, excluding uh, the one demographic of people 50 and over, Channel 9 lost. Yes. All through it. Channel 9 sent out a press release uh, Monday morning uh, or Monday afternoon saying that it had a competitive start to the first week of television rating survey period, securing a win across all the PBL-owned stations on the East Coast. So Channel 9 are going... Yeah, we know that 18 to 49-year-olds are important. But what's more important are people on the East Coast. Because everyone knows there's no one lives on the West Coast. No one on the West Coast is buying anything. There's no reason to even think that they, that they have television over on the, on the West Coast or in Central Australia. It's all about the East Coast. We're winning on the East Coast, people, and we will continue to win on the East Coast. Who was who this, this sent out by? Uh, Channel 9 Publicity. Uh, Channel 9 Publicity. Owned by PBL, why why would PBL bother with with trying to say anything other than the East Coast? That, that's that's the only place they own stations at. Well, y- yes, yes, that's true. But this is what I'm saying. They're they're really trying to save face and going, yeah, we lost the first week of the ratings, but no, we didn't. Right. We won the first week of the ratings on the East Coast, and no one should care about anything else. Mm. I, mm. I found that really interesting. Also, while we're uh, while we're talking about uh, ratings, I, I did mention that there would there was a a, a point of interest. On ratings, ages ago we spoke about how the Nielsen ratings in the US were trying to improve their statistics as far as how their statistics are calculated by including uh, college kids who had gone to college from families that were ratings families, if that makes sense. So a family has uh, a ratings box in their in their home. Kid goes off to college, but they're still part of the family. They used to not be included. So, so do they pass ratings box down, boxes down through the generations in the US? I think, uh, I think when uh, when people came over on the Mayflower, they had some chickens with them, and uh, and then there was the whole there was the Boston Tea Party, and there was uh, something about turkeys. Thanksgiving with turkeys and Indians, and uh, so so what you're saying, apart from the Indians and sorry, turkeys, and stuff, what you're it, saying is that they, it, it, was there no recording of college kids at all? No recording of college kids at all. Well, surely that's flawed uh, uh, quite a large segment of the market yes it is so so they've started recording what happens to to those college kids and uh and it's been really interesting a lot of uh, a lot of shows like Grey's Anatomy and Gilmore Girls have seen their ratings spike oh. quite comprehensively uh and uh, and also <laughs> Days of Our Lives and Passions shot up by 30% per week wow which i think is, especially considering that uh, Passions has just been axed has yeah. it? Yeah. I heard that Scissor Sisters were going to be on it, uh, performing. And you know what I love, Brett? I love how you say, has it? Like, you've never heard that news before, say, on this show. We haven't reported that, have we? Yeah. Yeah, we have. Well, it's been axed. Yeah. yeah well, why uh, would it be if its viewership's just gone up 30%? <laughs> I think awesome. it'll be back. Make <laughs> that my call for the week. Call for using Brett's, old Brett's lock of the <laughs> week. <laughs> using old Letterman joke. This is the best rehearsal we've ever had. <laughs> uh, 
so, uh, so uh, general hospitals also been doing well. So basically, a bunch of college, college kids have nothing better to do than sit around smoking bongs and watching television. It, Speaking which, of, which is quite interesting because I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say if kids who didn't go to college were the ones who were still having their ratings reported, maybe that was to partially to do with the you know maybe that's why TV is being dumbed down because the intelligent kids who go off to college and watch presumably intelligent programs studio 60 don't don't get their their vote counted but <laughs> now that they are getting their vote counted they're watching they're just the dumbest dumb. of shows yeah yeah gilmore girls really doing well yeah really doing well I, speaking of uh, nielsen out of the u.s there has been a report come out this week saying that uh, even with tivos and other pvrs uh viewers still actually quite enjoy watching commercials still watching up to two-thirds of the commercials that uh, are being screened. That would be interesting because uh, Nielsen uh, actually dumped their commercials ratings ages ago, months ago. So where, where are those figures coming from? Uh, I think this is an independent report yes. of ratings. <laughs> and from, from the Advertisers Association of America. <laughs> yeah, an independent report out of Brett's arse. And that I'll is ratings. I'll post a link on the blog. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Today Tonight. Soap and water. Hello and I'm Naomi Robson. Swearing. We should have had the language warning if we were going to have Naomi on. Oh, well, we have she gone all count. the time. She, she doesn't count. She's, she's so sweet and nice. It's been a huge week for tabloid current affairs television with the uh, former member of the Corby Inner Sanctum, Jodie Powers. She, she was part, part of the Corby Five. <laughs> she was. She sounds like a superhero, doesn't she? she Jodie does. Powers. <laughs> anyway, on Monday night, she came on to uh, Today Tonight and dropped a number of bombshells about being asked to go to Bali to traffic drugs by Mercedes, blah, blah, blah. With photographic evidence. Well, the photographic evidence was of M- Mercedes bonging on. Yeah. That was it. That, that's it. Name it. There wasn't photographic evidence of her saying, here, put this in the bag. <laughs> Here's well, a vacuum-sealed bag of marijuana. Put it in. Take it for me. The Corbys did say that uh, they'd be suing today, tonight. Yes. Well, by, uh, by that was on Monday night that she first came on and made those claims. And by Tuesday night, both today, tonight, and A Current Affair were going at it pretty strongly. A Current Affair had uh, Mercedes rebutting Jodie's claims and Jodie's ex-husband on as well. And uh, all, all they were really proving was that uh, Mercedes is never going to be a debating champion. <laughs> With her, uh, her, her rebuttals consisted of, oh, uh, she's a liar. And, oh, uh, she has mental problems. So, but she's, so she's got the same kind of uh, debating thought that the people on the contest have. Yeah, yeah, it was that, it was that kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, over on Today Tonight, Jody was on again, but this time from an undisclosed overseas location, which was, uh, which was all very exciting uh, because she feared for her life from the Corbys. And they also had, uh, had Jody's mum on. She feared for her life? Really? Yeah, that's what they were saying. But, but the most dangerous Corby is uh, in jail in South Australia. So, so this... this uh, it's South Australia. The son. So this this uh, proves I heard it was the father. 
this proved to be a bit of a quandary, you know, which of these two fantastic shows to watch. And I, I, I spent most of the night flicking between the two of them. And I think Channel 7 won slightly just because of the, uh, the fantastic quotes they were getting. Uh, Jody's mum, who looked like some outer suburban matriarchal nightmare came on she was a scary woman she was huge she had a big gash just under her eye and she came on and then started her interview by saying my daughter right is the most honest member of my family <laughs> and oh, that doesn't that doesn't say a lot no, damning no. with fake praise <laughs> i mean it may well be true but it's hardly convincing <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then jody came on and and had some great pro- had some great quotes as well the pick of which was uh, she says i've got mental problems i can prove that but she can't prove blah 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 <laughs> she- <laughs> She's probably better off proving that she doesn't have mental problems. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would guess. I, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a current affairs expert. Uh, but could, she, she could have just as easily have said, "I am Rara. She is glue." <laughs> she could have. I think that was next. I think. <laughs> no, you are. But what am I? <laughs> by uh, by Wednesday night, uh, both shows had the body language experts in uh, a current affairs expert clearly proving that uh, Jody was lying because she had shifty eyes, whereas Mercedes was having the truth because she was speaking in such a powerful tone. Whereas on Today Tonight, Mercedes was lying because of her choice of language. Well, Jody looked scared, so clearly she was telling the truth. Right. Right. Uh, can, can we get to Thursday night? Because I saw Thursday night. Well, by Thursday night, Jody's mum was on again, but this time she was on A Current Affair. Now, I, I suspect something a bit dodgy happened here because she wasn't actually interviewed. We didn't see her at all. There wasn't any. It was just a phone interview that they'd done at some point during the day. And all of her claims were bizarrely nons- nonsensical. She was, uh, she was coming out like some kind of crazy conspiracy nut saying how much she loves Chappelle and that the real truth would come out at some stage and there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll and all of this kind of garbage. Did you see any of her interview? No, no, I, I missed her interview. Oh, she was, she was just making was, was absolutely no the sense. Right, yeah. No, she was, she was making... Uh, she was making absolutely no sense. It's kind of it's it's kind of an ugly side of this country, which we haven't really seen since uh, the poor poor little Jaden Lesky got killed up in Maui, and we had the whole uh, we had the whole moccasins brigade. I keep expecting a pig to be thrown through uh, <laughs> Jody Henry uh, Jody Power's front window, but it being a completely unrelated matter. <laughs> Uh, so, so who who won? Who was the real winner? Well, well hang on, hang on, quality I... television was the real winner. I have to say. Well, Thursday night, also mm-hmm. on a current affair, uh, when uh, th- they were talking to, uh, they were talking to someone about maybe the, maybe somebody they were, out the front of out the front talking yep. about whether or not uh, Mercedes was willing to take a lie detector test. Oh yeah, yeah. And and would they be taking a lie detector test? And that was all kind of. Moving up to, to Friday night, did she not take the lie detector test? I, I don't think either. Uh, Jody took two lie detector tests on the Monday night. The first one she failed, and so she begged to have a second one, and she passed the second one. And then the rest of the week it was, you take a lie detector test. No, you take a lie detector test. <laughs> Jody's mum saying Mercedes couldn't lie straight in bed. Yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that, was quite, uh, that was quite damning. The thing I found most interesting was both networks did polling on it presumably to figure out which way to head their stories as much as anything else. Uh, but 90% of people pretty much in both polls believed Jody's claims. 
believed the claims that the Corbys had asked her to take drugs to Bali at some point. Now, this is quite a big shift in in public confidence in Chappelle. If we go back to when Channel 9 did their whole, is she guilty, is she not guilty, and they had the worm involved in it and everything else... It was the something, verdict, I think it was The called. verdict, the verdict. 95% of Australians or something believed at that point that Chappelle was innocent. Yes. However. Now it seems to have changed a lot. Well, not long after the, she, her guilt was determined, yep. um, there were stories that came out about the family and their reputation on the Gold Coast. Yep. And I think that that, if I heard it then, a lot of people would have heard it. Okay. And I think that's actually been filtering out into the community and there's and a lot less sympathy for Chappelle these days. And, and also since since then, Chappelle's uh, brother or half-brother has been arrested and, and is in a prison in South Australia and uh, Chappelle's mother has come out and said, well, at least I know where my children are. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, even so, I mean, this is a huge turnaround to go from 90 95% believing she's innocent to 90% now seemingly believing she's guilty. And and I was wondering if if part of it isn't to do with deep down. I mean, we we're cynical on the exterior, but deep down, I think people want to believe in our justice system and and want to believe that innocent people don't go to jail for a long time. And the fact that she's just been there for eighteen months and hasn't got out of it, I wonder if people are saying, well, you know what, maybe she was guilty after all. Not that anything anything has changed. It's just that it's just the time. That she's been there. Which which is also really interesting because whether or not uh, she would be found guilty according to our laws is also kind of irrelevant and no one, mm. any, no one anymore seems to be uh, focusing on that because it, it is the, the laws of another country and they have very specific laws and very, uh, very uh, strict laws yeah. about, about this sort of thing. And uh, anyone who watched the verdict and actually listened to what the judges said understood how ridiculously specific her crime was, yeah. which was basically to claim the bag yes. and, and taking the bag from one side of customs to the other side of customs. And that was, uh, and that was it, and that was enough to, to get her her ridiculous sentence. And mm. also, it was pre-Van Wyn, and you know she didn't end up getting hanged, so it's not really... We've, we've seen how bad it can get. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, which still, I, I wouldn't like to be in a prison in Indonesia. No. no. You know why? No TV. <laughs> I was going to make this segment last for half an hour, but now I just really want to get out of here. Uh, Sunday night on uh, television. Why are we going to make it last for half an hour? I don't know. I, I thought I, we already covered it in ratings. <laughs> I started... Uh, <laughs> Cut him off like he cuts you off with the news. <laughs> I, I started writing this and, and went, oh, I've actually got quite a lot to say. Mm. And then, but, so, so this is about Sunday night. What happened Sunday well, night? Well, okay, we, we've read articles about how Sunday night is returning to family viewing. At long last, there's some family viewing. Oh, how we've been missing the family viewing. Well, not on Will somebody night. please find us some family viewing? And so on. Family viewing. We want family. And it's, uh, this week I read an article about, uh, oh, remember 6.30 on Sunday night? That's when Wonderful World of Disney was on. Mm-hmm. With just, a little Tinkerbell right yeah, at the end. Yeah, just shut up. It was also when Young Talent Time was on, but you don't see anyone crying about that anymore. Wasn't that Saturday nights? Uh, it was some night. It was 6.30. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so the two shows that everybody's talking about with, with respect to family viewing 
are uh, Celebrity Dog School and Australia's Got Talent, and they both appear at exactly the same time, which is 6.30 on Sunday night, but on two different channels. And again, it seems that Australia is, it just has a dearth of celebrities to be on these shows. Yes. It's, it's ridiculous. So, so, so I thought the dogs were the celebrities. Oh. It's... Or maybe the celebrities are dogs. No, they haven't even got Benji. (laughs) Benji versus Lassie. (laughs) The final showdown. Uh, I I would rather watch Dogs Got Talent. But they appear appear on on two different channels, on 7 and 10. Dog. Yes. (laughs) I find the fact that they appear on different channels in itself quite entertaining because uh, we've got family viewing. And it has to be 6.30 on a Sunday night. And uh, I really think that a lot of families are going to be split up over what they're going to watch, if they're going to watch Australia's Got Talent or if they're going to watch Celebrity Dogs. So, so the this, the this, kids just go to their bedrooms and watch it on their own TVs. This, this, oh, they're not watching that. They're, watching, they're waiting until it comes on YouTube and they're downloading little clips of dog school. But it's not bringing families together no. is, uh, is, is my point. And I have this vision of the future where, uh, you know, mummy and daddy still love you, but after the divorce, custody is going to be decided on if you prefer dogs or, uh, you know, dogs doing tricks or, or people doing tricks. That's pretty much it, which is basically what these shows come down to. Celebrity Dog School is all about the dogs owned by, quote, celebrities. Uh, which, Yeah, Dipper and uh, Adam Richard and uh, Bianca Dye and Kim from, I think Kim Watkins is her name, from David and Kim at 9am. And, uh, and the fat host of The Biggest Loser. Uh, yes, AJ, Nobody's Got Talent. Uh, I don't even know her surname, but it's terrible. Uh, however, it's fun to watch because dogs can be unpredictable. <laughs> Sometimes they do funny things. It's kind of like kids say the darndest things, but more like dogs will sometimes run away when not expected to. Well, one of one of Australia's fondest TV memories is uh, with a golden retriever uh, uh, no, a Labrador Graham Kennedy. Uh, with Graham Kennedy pissing on the set. So meanwhile on see, channel- see I'll see that no it's kind of yeah dog wing on a set boring give me uh, Marty Monster getting attacked by the kangaroo anytime I love that so much I think that's <laughs> and I remember watching that on a Saturday morning going go kangaroo <laughs> that, that is part of Australia's rich tradition in, in television uh, so meanwhile on Channel 7 we've got people performing stupid human tricks and being graded with an X or the absence of an X <laughs> on Australia's. Did either of you see this? No, no oh, that was at the soccer. Oh my god, it was just terrible, absolutely terrible. It, it, it's the sort of show that that dumb people are going to love. It's contrived and it's saccharine, and it's meant to be a talent show, but it focuses too heavily on the judges who really have forgone any right they themselves had to claim any kind of talent. I just wish I'd wheel in that great big gong. Uh, see, instead, okay, the, you've got the three judges who sit at a panel and they've each got a button, uh, and when they press on the button, a big X comes up behind the, uh, behind the performer. Can they see them? Like, are they, are they panicking as the Xs are coming up? Well... The X's didn't really come up all that much. It was here's here's an example of how horribly contrived this show is. A, a man comes onto the stage with a ukulele, and before he starts playing, somebody runs up and rips all his clothes off, leaving him standing there with nothing but his instrument, hiding his shame. 
hiding his instrument. The yeah, I thought of that joke and then avoided it because the uh, it wasn't very good. The judges all hit their buttons quickly, bringing up the three X's on on the giant board behind him. And Red makes some terrible joke uh, about the guy being naked and triple X, and uh, the guy leaves the stage. So was that part of the act that somebody would run up and and strip him of his clothes? Well, see, Brett, you you really this is kind of the, the point that I'm getting to. Uh, and is that family viewing as some naked guy on the telly? Well, as as my housemate pointed out. Uh, and, and quite accurately at the time, th- there is no telling which is worse, that the creators of the show actually believed that people would buy that as like a, a hilarious and unrehearsed slash staged event, that this person was actually a contestant and, uh, and and you know, ooh, how terrible for them. They n- never even got to sing their song. Oh, and, oh, isn't Red so funny for making that up on the spot? Oh, 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 oh. So, so we don't know... It- What's worse, that or that people were so stupid that they would eventually prove the producers right? I don't know, but I'm staying with the dogs. (laughs) Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Hey, for those people out there who like their uh, reality TV slash extreme game shows slash insert your name for it here, uh, Survivor Fiji has started, it just started a couple of weeks ago in the States, and Amazing Race All-Stars started in the States on Sunday night, which is uh, which is very exciting. About about four hours before we started recording this podcast. Yes. So we haven't seen it yet, but I am are salivating. Sti- are you sticking by Survivor? I, I am. Uh, there, there hasn't obviously hasn't been nearly as much press for this Survivor as Race Wars Survivor. Apart that they got. from being caught up in the whole coup thing. Yes. Going on yes, over there but at the time that they were shooting. Yeah, but there's been a lot less promotion than they had, you know, with the controversy about separating them via race or whatever. I got to say, I think the whole race issue in Survivor has revitalized it. I think it was a great idea to do. And uh, this this cast again like last series has a very mixed race. Uh, very mixed race cast and I think it's for the benefit of the show. Uh, you know, I'm sick of it coming down to, you know, does the the cute blonde aqua instructor 23 year old white girl win it or does the 24 year old white yoga instructor win it like it just got it got dull it was always the same kind of people with a token old guy and a token black guy now it is a real a real melting pot of races and ethnicity and i think that's fantastic for the show can i ask is pavati in this series again no no reason for me to watch it You don't know. There might be uh, there might be a new a new better Pavati. Is there? I, I I'm <laughs> I'm shocked and disappointed that that you would judge whether to watch a show or not based on the good looks of one contestant. It helps. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is it helps. Ah, oh, dear idea. Uh, it'd be interesting now, to see too. So, so you think you think this Survivor actually it, it comes back because uh, there there were rumours that this would be the last Survivor. It doesn't come back until episode eight. I, I didn't, I didn't hear, I didn't hear any of those rumours, especially since it's just been confirmed for three more series. It has, yeah. Oh, so pro- probably just before that, possibly there, there were rumours that uh, that it wouldn't be coming back. It still rates really well in the states. I don't know. I think 
I don't, I don't know where you heard those rumours. It's still a very... It, it's not as high as it once was, obviously, but it still rates very well for them. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm thinking of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Talking of uh, cancelled seasons, Channel 10 are doing their utmost to rid themselves of the OC, uh, given that Misha Barton got killed off in the last season. Uh, they've got one episode on Tuesday and a double season finale uh, on Friday night. Uh, they've slipped to 625,000 viewers. Almost no one, really. Mm. And uh, mm. and uh, people who are wondering whether or not Channel 10 has been sold, still not. Oh, really? Yeah. That, oh, that, that apparently, should have been in news. <laughs> that, that apparently has, uh, has made some news that uh, CanWest still haven't sold Channel 10. If I had the solid figures, I would have brought this up uh, in the ratings segment. Uh, they had massive viewers on pay TV for last night's soccer. Uh, oh, really? The grand final Melbourne victory took it out 6-0 over Adelaide United. They would have, um, free-to-air, they had, free-to-air in Melbourne particularly, would have killed to have that. Any of the free-to-air yeah, networks yeah, yeah. would have absolutely killed. They e- had even a delayed telecast. I'm, I'm amazed that uh, this didn't come under the anti-siphoning laws. Really? Because it, it, it's fairly new. No, it's because all those waspy politicians go, don't give a <laughs> shit about Wogball. <laughs> yeah, it, fair it, enough. It's, I mean, the A-League is only in its second season. The anti-siphoning laws were from quite a way ago. No, but it's it's not it, it's not just for existing product though. It's for any sporting event that could be of community interest. Is it? So so the I, uh, but but there has to be certain things on the list, and I'm not, I don't think that the list has been added to in the time since A League's oh, come right. about. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. But fair I enough. mean, I, I could be mistaken with that. But um, for for cable, they had 101,000 viewers just in Melbourne last night, which is massive. Huge. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, it is huge. If you've uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're looking forward to next week, is it over? I have some bad news for you. <gasps> that's right. We won't be here next week. Why, Ross? What? Don't don't <laughs> say it accusingly of me. I'm the one who was happy to. Keep going to plough ahead. You're the two who jumped at... The Oscars are on next week. The, Os- the Oscars sure. are on at the time that the time. we usually record this. Yep. Yes. And well, uh, the, tele- the delayed telecast. The delayed telecast is on at the time when we usually record this. And, uh, and it just so happens that all three of us actually have a traditional thing where we get together with friends to watch the delayed telecast. Yes, mm. and uh, and with that as well, we try to stay uh, in a media blackout for that whole day, and so we couldn't. Oh God, if we were doing prep, <laughs> it would be terrible. It would be terrible to to try to to get the news stories together. Here's an idea, Brett. There's a whole week you don't have to do all your prep on Monday. What's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> point? No point. Oh, like I can spread the prep over the week. Yeah, you could do prep on Sunday. Yeah. You could. <laughs> I'm a very busy man. <laughs> I still like to do uh, prep right up until pretty much the, the minute that I leave for the studio because I do like to have what is possibly the latest news if possible. If we had Wi-Fi here, it would have been even uh, later. Don't look at me like you're blaming me for not having Wi-Fi in the studio, that was Brett. Not the look I was, I was, I was originally going to say, way back near the start of the episode, I was thinking I was going to say in lieu of next week's show, listen to this week's show again. But having just recorded this week's show... Listen back Listen to episode to last 70, week. last week, or uh, episode seventy-three, or episode seventy. I think uh, if you want to, if you want your box cutters fix for next week, we are going to take a week off, but we'll be back. Which is the, the first time since no, uh, since, since last the beginning summer of last year. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so really, we've earned a break. Get off our back backs. Shut up already.
Just shut up. I know they understand. Both people still listening are going, you need the break, guys. We really, <laughs> we've we sat really through this whole show. Need you need the, the break. break. <laughs> uh, so, it's too much. <laughs> we'll still be doing stuff on the blog at boxcutters.net. You can always email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. You that can brings still buy us merchandise. To the end of Box Cutters episode 74. You can stop playing the music, Brett. Are you right? The, I'm right. <laughs> How's that working out for you? It's. <laughs> Ooh, there's a bit of tension in the air. <laughs> We're going to be coming back with our brand new box cutters lineup. <laughs> Thanks to Three Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. Uh, check out boxcutters.net and the Superstore of Love, where you can buy your box cutters merchandise. Although Brett already said that after, did he? Yeah. When? Just before he said, buy your merchandise. Did you? Mm-hmm. You just rolled your eyes at him. Oh, I yeah. roll my eyes at him anyway. Like I was raving your mother. <laughs> I do more than roll my eyes. I think it's time we ended the show. My name is Josh Canal. Special thanks to our guest, James Talia. Oh, yes. Thank you for joining us once again on uh, on a train, fast going nowhere. I just going need, to, somewhere, I need to get out of this studio. <laughs> my name is Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for making the switch to Box Cutters podcast. <laughs> Catch us again next week. No, the week after next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. At last, I can finally get out of here.